Hello and welcome to the Joplin Globe Potters. I'm Joe Hadsel, digital editor of the Joplin Globe. I am joined as always by Jared Porter, sports editor, and Derek Shore, sports reporter. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Mm-hmm. Glad to have you back, Joe. I'm I'm glad to be here. I'm I the I I'm having fun doing this. Yeah, I feel bad for Trey. You know, I kind of feel bad for him because I was really mean to him a couple of days ago telling him I was such a better host than him. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I'm, you know, and I, I got, I, you know, I was, you know, I was just messing around with him, teasing him every chance hey, I could when I talked to him on the phone. What's but, that expression they say? Iron sharpens iron. So he's just going to come back better. You know? There you go. Yeah, there you go. He's going to come back and he's going to be, man, he'll be. And you're going to be a better sound engineer too from this, right? Probably. Is, yeah. Is that how it works? I, I, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Because man, I, yeah, but I did feel bad after Todd was like, oh, it was really mean. <laughs> so I hope he's okay. He's I used to I'm... the banter. He'll be all right. Okay, good he's deal. Yeah, I, I was going to say, well, he's used to the arm punches. So, uh, guys, this has been a controversial week. And, uh, man, all the controversy in Dungeons & Dragons about the release of Fizzband's uh, Treasury of Dragons with the Ascendant Monk getting nerfed. Joe, wrong podcast. I am getting my podcast mixed up. There <laughs> is a lot part. going on in the national scene, but there's also a lot going on in the local sports scene, but man, I can't help but start off with that game last week between Carthage and Joplin. That was a statement game, if I ever saw one. Derek, tell us about the game, what you thought about Carthage's win, and what you saw on the field then. Yeah, first of all, I'm just glad uh, Jared gave me the opportunity to cover it. I mean, Carthage is his beat, but, uh, you know, it was at Jung Field, but... Uh, you know, Carthage, like you said, you know, picked up maybe the the biggest statement win of the season uh, in a 34-22 victory over Joplin Tigers. Just uh, solidified their case at being just scary good. The Eagles didn't score their first touchdown until you know the 5:55 mark in the second quarter. And at that point, uh, you know, Carthage was already up 21-7 and eventually 27-7 at halftime. My takeaways. Carthage is just a, a legitimate, you know, state championship contender, elite de- offense and elite defense. I mean, they have it all. There's kind of a lot to unpack there too, right? Yeah. I mean, um, this was a game I couldn't miss. I know I let you go out and cover it, but I still had the live stream pulled up. I had two live streams pulled up at the same time while laying out the sports section. So that's how committed I was to watching that game. And um, man, I, I don't know about you, Derek, but I was just I was surprised by um, the start of that one. Yeah. And you touched on the big, the fast start for Carthage, but um, both you said it, both sides of the ball, Carthage really dominated for most of that game. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was most impressed with was Carthage's defense. Mm-hmm. Um, they did something that no other opponent has done against Joplin this year. They they contained always right and mm-hmm. uh, stopped a lot of that run game, stopped a lot of his scrambling. And one of the interesting things that um, scheme wise, I saw them doing up front. They did they did a contain um, mm-hmm. up front to where they weren't chasing always right around to where he could scramble and make plays with his legs. Mm-hmm. They were surrounding him, keeping him in the pocket and making forcing him to make throws. And I mm-hmm. think that was a key difference. I think always was not used to that. It was something he hadn't seen probably, or if he did see it, he was able to beat it um, most of the time against other teams. <laughs> but um, he, he didn't look as comfortable um, there at the beginning of the game. Joplin adjusted, though, um, which I thought was key. If, if those adjustments were made a little bit earlier, then we probably would have seen the tight game that we all expected. But, man, what a game for Carthage. That was, that was just that was fun to watch. That was almost a perfect first half of football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, credit to Joplin for battling back in that one. I mean, they made it, I believe, uh, you know, they were within seven and then uh, recovered an onside kick there in the fourth quarter and had a chance to make it a, 
you know, they had a chance to make it a seven point game on a, on a drive, but, uh, you know, Carthage's defense just just rock solid. Uh, I thought a big key for them on offense was, you know, establishing their run their power run game with Luke Gall, and uh, you know just you know eating up that clock and keeping you know always right on the sidelines. I thought that was a, you know a big difference. So Derek, you already said <clears throat> that this game proves Carthage is a championship contender. Mm-hmm. What does this say about Joplin? Uh, maybe if you need a deck of tarot cards to answer this question, I will get you from one. But. Uh, is Carthage indicative of what Joplin, Joplin could see in districts, and is this a wake-up call for him? I think it is a little bit of a wake-up call, but I don't think this loss breaks the Eagles. It does hurt in terms of district seedings because now they they sit at uh, third place now in the Class uh, 6, I believe, District 3 standings with uh, Nixa beating uh, Webb City. Lee Summit North, who was, I believe, previously in first, falls to second. But uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about, you know, district seedings with, uh, you know, with it being the final regular season uh, week next week. But, you know, I think uh, Joplin has a good chance at bouncing back, uh, you know, uh, Branson this week. Branson has a, you know, a pretty good quarterback named Tristan Price and a running back named, uh, you know, David Hadler over uh, 700 yards rushing. But Pirates have kind of been up and down all year. Uh, this is kind of, the, kind of the type of game Joplin you know, uh, I think we'll get right back on track just heading into that final week. Jared, tell me about who Carthage is facing this week. Uh, Carthage has Republic at home. Um, and uh, Republic has been kind of a surprise this year. Uh, I talked to John Guidi earlier today, and he, he called Republic one of the uh, most improved teams from a season ago. And it's true. They started out, I think, with a 2-0, 3-0 record. Um, they've lost to the top-tier teams in the COC so far, but this isn't uh, – I think they gave Joplin a good first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that last week or two weeks ago? Something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but, yeah, the, so the, there's no time for hangovers, uh, if you will, in, this, mm-hmm. in the COC. So I think uh, Coach Guide has made that a point in practice this week, and um, they're going to come, come out expecting a battle. So what's the over-under on TV sportscasters making the joke, the Tigers are going to win, derp 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 I hate that. There was another legend, not really legendary, but another notable game from the last weekend. And it was notable to me just because I used to work for the Nixa paper. Webb City finally lost to Nixa. Uh, the, uh, tell us about that game and um, what it means for Webb City going forward. Um, well, it's... That was going to be a close game. We knew that going in. Nixa and Webb City are pretty evenly matched, and I think we saw that. Um, perhaps the difference in that was home field advantage. Um, I know Webb City was down for most of the game um, uh, against the Nixa team that was out without Ramon Green, but um, uh, yeah, Webb City tried to keep it close. I think they cut it to eight points there late in the second half, but Nixa eventually just pulled away. And this was uh, Nixa's first win in uh, their program history over Webb City. Joe, I. I you're shaking your head. Yes, I, you're very familiar with the Nixie Eagles and yep. sort of that rivalry. Uh, uh, Rhymes, what, what was it you did over uh, in, in that area? <laughs> oh, oh, that? Oh, yeah, no. I was just the editor of the paper over there, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you're the editor of a weekly newspaper, it doesn't matter where you are in this country, if you're the editor of a weekly newspaper, you are covering every football game for that team. It doesn't matter if you have a sports reporter, you were there. And so, yeah, I, I followed that team because that's just part of the job. Uh, Robert Grissom, The Last Juror, you can read that book for proof. Um, but, you, yeah. you noted earlier that they're pretty passionate about their football team over there, right? Absolutely. Can you share some stories about that? Oh, man. the uh, Well, I mean, the stories go a little bit deeper. What, uh, what used to be, whenever I was over there, was the strength of the Nixa-Ozark rivalry. And those two schools, 
And those two cities have been hating each other for a hundred years. You know, this is a rivalry that actually carries over into the city government. If I ever write a book on sociology and city planning, <laughs> it's going to be about Nixon Ozark and how that competition led both of those cities to grow differently. Um, the uh, the history between the two schools has been filled with centuries of games being played and then not being played because too many instances of violence uh, would. Uh, Pop oh, up. Uh, there's a uh, man. The uh, you know, if, if the room was a little darker and we had uh, alcoholic beverages in our hands, I could tell you some stories. <laughs> I, I could talk, but uh, but yeah, I'm happy for the uh, I'm happy for N I X A. Um, anyway, the uh, that w- I was glad to see them. Uh, Web City will be heading to uh, Nix's rival Ozark this week. Um, is this a chance for Web City to get back on track? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and Web City finds itself in an unfamiliar spot, right? I can't remember the last time they lost three games in the regular season. It has to date back to Roderick's early days as the head coach. So it's an unfamiliar spot, but I think they're handling it well. This is maybe a down year more so than they've experienced. They've been lucky to not have very many rebuilding years. So, um, uh, you know, I think Roderick understands that and uh he, he's taken a he's had he has a pos- positive outlook on this so far so um imagine uh web city is going to bounce back this week against an ozark team that's uh you know very beatable i do think it's worth mentioning that uh the last time web city did lose multiple games in a regular season was 2016 and uh they still managed to win the district title so <laughs> that was two right Yeah, I I believe so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, you know, this is a web team that's still, I mean, you don't want to face them in November. They're just going to get better as as the year goes on. Don't, uh, yeah, don't overlook Web City in in the district championship game whenever they're facing Carthage (laughs) because, again, I mean, that's, uh, we're just kind of used to it now that Web City has been a thorn in Carthage's side for so many years. And, uh, yeah, we saw that that outcome and. I can't remember what week week it was when Carthage uh, jumped out to that early lead, but mm-hmm. Web City is known for playing its best ball in in, in the playoffs, so uh, that'll be a fun one to watch. Uh, given that both of those teams, like we expect, make it to the district championship game. Good deal. Oh, yeah, uh, we have Carl Junction traveling to Nixa. We have Neosho traveling to Willard. Um, how are those two local teams looking for uh, for this weekend? I'll uh, I'll touch on CJ here. Uh, Bulldogs, you know, suffered a tough setback. To, you know, Class Five Republic. We've talked all season that you know CJ struggled with, you know, these these larger schools with you know more numbers. Uh, just I mean, they're the only Class Four school in the COC. So and the Bulldogs have to play you know a number of their guys both ways, and they kind of fatigue pretty quickly. But you know, CJ faces another tough test with Nixa. Uh, you know, they're a Class Six school team with. A lot of numbers and you know athletes that pose problems all over the field and uh, could be tough sledding for the CJ this week. Yeah. But, yeah. Another thing, Nixa is these days. Nixa is basically Springfield. The borders mm, are. of those two towns are just right there, close to each other, and uh, the um, uh, more so than Ozark is. Ozark, there's some space there, but a lot of Nixa people may as well live in Springfield. The transition between the two cities is just right there. So it makes sense that they would be having the same kinds of numbers as the Springfield schools. And you touched on CJ being a Class 4 team, you know, playing in a conference Mm -hmm. that's primarily Class 5 and Class 6. Not only that, they're playing some of the best Class 5 and Class 6 programs in the state. Uh, When you consider Nixa, Joplin, Carthage, Mm -hmm. Webb City, these are all, you know, ranked teams uh, week in and week out. So um, you kind of feel for Coach Buckmaster and and the Bulldogs, but um, yeah. 
man, I, I'm still pulling for them. Yeah, Neosho seems to have the same issue as well. Uh, they are, How are their numbers compared to Carl Junction? They're getting better, I think, with Coach Towdy coming out this year. We saw uh, those numbers go up quite a bit. Um, I think it also has to do with the style of play that they're doing. They In recent years, they were a ground-and-pound team. They're starting to air it out a little bit more. Um, and Coach Towdy, he's consistently told us each week, you know, how, how this program's getting better. It's not really showing up in the win-loss column yet, but um, they're not at a point where, you know, you know, just trying hard and playing their best is going to result in a win. It, that takes time. Um, but they have a good opportunity this week, perhaps their best opportunity of the season. They're playing a Willard team that's winless, both teams looking for their first win of the season. Um, so I'm actually excited for to, to see this outcome because uh, um, you feel like with all the hard work that the, those guys are putting in, you want them to believe in the, the yeah. culture shift that they're, um, you know, trying to, to get. So a win would do a lot for that. Yeah. There's a lot of excitement in Neosho in terms of uh, the facilities development, too. They are building a new end zone mm-hmm. facility, new locker room facility. They already have um, the new turf is the new turf game. there. Yeah. Um, and uh, the uh, but yeah, that combination field house slash concessions plaza slash end zone facility. That's going to be. An amazing facility, and they already have about. one of the best press boxes in the CFC, yeah. just because of how <laughs> roomy it is. I love how or lo- I love a roomy press box. My only complaint is early in the game that sun is coming down; it's beating on your eyes. <laughs> oh man! So you got to wait for that sun to go, you know, over the horizon, and then you're good. But yeah, yeah it's a good press box. And mm-hmm. I, I know you covered Neosho, uh, you know, last week. Uh, do you, did you see? Uh, kind of some maybe some wrestling guys that they've maybe recruited i know they have a really strong wrestling program there too right oh yeah very strong wrestling program i'm not familiar with any of the recruits that they have from their football season you have to wait until wrestling season to see that but they've consistently pulled guys from the football team um and Probably a lesser-known fact is a lot of football coaches like their, um, especially their linemen, to, yeah. to wrestle during the winter just to work on footwork. Uh, <laughs> it's really good for linemen. Um, you see a lot of uh, the guys that uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes that they recruit on their offensive and defensive fronts. They're former wrestlers, state <laughs> champion wrestlers. So, yeah, it's a thing, and they're uh, I think they're using that to their advantage over Neosho too. Yeah. All right, well, districts will be here in a few weeks for football. Districts are here now for softball teams. We mentioned Neosho. They are facing off against Webb City. Uh, There is uh, uh, Carthage is going to be traveling to Nixa as part of the semifinals and districts. How's the softball softball tournament looking? Yeah, the district softball scene all started up this week. Uh, McDonald County, Carthage, Webb City, Neosho, as you mentioned, all moved on to you want know, to play in the semifinals games today? Uh, uh, Joplin season came to an end with a, a six-four setback to Republic in the quarterfinals mm-hmm. just the other day. But you know, uh, there's a lot of optimism surrounding the Eagles program. Uh, you know, they posted their first winning season since you know 2015. So 2021 is definitely a year that uh, you know Joplin softball can build on. Looking ahead, yeah. we kind of sorry. I'll just like to add to yeah. that. Yeah, Manny uh, Flores. Am I getting that right? Yeah, Manny yeah. Flores. Yes. He's uh, we kind of noted that at the beginning of the year, they had a really fast start, mm-hmm. right? First mm-hmm. 4-0 start in, I think, uh, over a decade a or something time. like yeah. that. And we kind of uh, were considering it back then. Is this the year that they finally get over the hump, get that mm-hmm. first winning season since 2015? So um, just really happy of the direction of that program because uh, I know that that's uh, been their Achilles heel in the last several years. But, yeah, very good season for the Eagles. It's trending upward. So who are some of the players that we should watch for in these upcoming softball games? Well, for Carthage, uh, it all starts in the circle. Jensen Elder, she's arguably the uh, you know the best pitcher uh, in the area. 
for McDonald County, uh, Madeline McCall in the circle right there with, you know, Jensen Elder, one of the top uh, pitchers in the area. She's committed to play at uh, McD- uh, Pittsburgh State next year. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Webb City you know, has a lot of, uh, you know, talented players. They're led by Peyton Hawkins, who is committed to play at Missouri Southern. Uh, you know, they're just, you know, they're not a very, you know, a potent offensive team, but they have a little bit of inexperience in the circle. They've started, uh, you know, a freshman, Lanny Taylor, in just about every game. But, you know, they've had their their fair share of, you know, struggles that you would expect there. And, uh, you know, Neosho, they're a team that you probably shouldn't sleep on either. I mean, they've been pretty consistent all year. So Excellent, excellent. And we've uh, we've had some really dominant pitchers in the circle in <laughs> softball over the years. I'm, I'm trying Web City. It's, I'm drawing a blank now. Hayden Barry. Hayden Barry, yeah, yep, obviously. Um, one of the most dominant p- pitchers we've seen maybe mm-hmm. in the state in recent years. Um, so, yeah, the, the one from McDonald County and Carthage. and um, Is it Jill McDaniel at Joplin who gets Jill, the, yep. yeah, the most of the action? Here. Yeah, so, and, uh, yeah, very good pitching in this area as far as softball goes. Guys, I'm surrounded by professionals who didn't say mound once in that entire section. I know I would Trey's not here. Four times. Oh, yeah. Trey would have goofed that up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Giving him a hard time. He only made that mistake once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'll never let him make it again when we hassle him for It's like he calls me Derek every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been wanting to do that as a joke just once, but I figure that's too much. Uh, districts are also going on for golf. Uh, I know that we have talked in the past about a phenom up in Nevada. Tell us about the local players. Uh, Carthage's Haley Bryant, Web City's uh, Leah McAllister. I need to make sure I've got that. Yeah, Leah McAllister. I had to put my reading glasses on for that <laughs> because. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, tell us about Carthage and Web City. How they are looking uh, in competition. Um, so very strong uh, showing at the district tournament last week between Carthage and Web City. They have five qualifiers. Um, Haley Bryant was the top result, shooting an 88, um, qualifying. I think she tied for, I want to say, 18th or 20th. It was very close to that. It was top 20. Um, and then Ava Lacey, also for Carthage, shooting 100, qualifying for state. Um, Web City's trio that are, that's advancing uh, to the state tournament, Leah McAllister, Sydney French, and Sophia Coulson. Um, McAllister had the best round, shooting a 90. So, um, yeah, very strong showings locally um, at that district tournament specifically. And uh, we've been talking about Haley Bryan all year. I know that she was our athlete of the week. Um, and I think you did that story, right? Uh, Derek, just uh, what does the coach have to say about her and what all has she done this year? Well, uh, she will be our athlete of the week. Uh, which will be in our uh, you know Saturday paper, so look for that. Uh, but spoiler, sorry, yeah, a little <laughs> bit of a spoiler. But whoops, yeah. Uh, I mean, Haley Bryant. Uh, you know, every every golf invitational this year, it seems like she's seemingly uh, you know one or two in the you know in the tournament. You know, she's just consistently shot low low rounds every year. Yeah, just pro- probably one of the best, better uh, you know girls golfers in the area this fall. And uh, and in case you're wondering, uh, just a weekly uh, Nevada Emory Cameron update. Uh, she qualified for state as well. Uh, Excellent. She had a <laughs> she had a fantastic round of uh, six under par thirty on the par. 36 back nine in Cassville. That was not only a Nevada high school record, but a Misha record as well for the lowest nine hole score on a par 72 course. So she keeps making waves. Fantastic. <laughs> I, have, Fantastic. I have some, some news from a former prep athlete in the area and now a uh, golfer at Missouri Southern. Yeah. Lily yeah. Allman, um, former uh, golfer from McDonald County. She made a, uh, Missouri Southern's first hole-in-one in program history at the huh. Central uh, Region Preview Tournament this past weekend. So that was pretty cool. 
Congratulations to her, yeah. Par three, deal. third hole. Good so, deal. Yeah. So while we're on it, empty those sports reporters' notebooks. Uh, anything else that you have uh, uh, regarding high school sports before we get into uh, uh, Missouri Southern football? Here? Yeah, I have a few other notes. There's just so much going on. But yeah. uh, district volleyball starts next week. Uh, you know, state tennis got underway uh, this week. Uh, Carl Junction and you know Thomas Jefferson all won uh, district titles as teams, but they both uh, dropped their matches in sectional play. Uh, uh, Joplin's number one doubles team of Astrid Cardenas and Emma Watts are playing at the uh, state cha- uh, tennis championships today in Springfield. So be looking online for that at the Joplin Globe. Excellent, excellent. The uh, the to put you on the spot a little bit, tell me about the volleyball in the area. Are there any teams to watch that are going to be in pursuit of state titles? Yes, uh, Carthage is the their project. They're, they are the number one seed in their district in Class Six. They uh, will be looking to to claim that district title. Uh, you also have uh, you know Joplin in that district as well. I believe they're the number number three seed in Class Six with Carthage. Um, you know in Class Five, uh, you know Webb City and you know Carl Junction have always have good battles every year. And you know I would not be surprised to see you know Webb and you know CJ uh, clashing for that district title this year. Those district uh, tournaments, those are early in the week. Next week is does it later. Start? Later on in the week, next week, and then it you know and it goes into you know Monday, Tuesday. Okay, so Monday and Tuesday um, of the following week yes, will be the correct. championship games. Yeah. Okay, or matches. matches. I, I'm not. I'm not sure whatever it is. Matches. I've heard contests. coaches call them games and matches. I never know what to say <laughs> in volleyball. It, it took or me sets and games like that. They call them different. Different there too. So I don't yeah. know. It took me a, a, more than a couple of times to figure out what the libero did, so I don't even know if that's still a thing. <laughs> libero, but libero, is that what it is? The, I think it's yeah, the, the I, they, yeah. What do they do? Whatever they want, you know. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. I, I'm still getting used to that. They always but. have a different color jersey. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how you spot them. Yeah, I know that libero. <laughs> I, I do have one more thing I want to highlight. Did we, did we talk about Lily Allman yet? Yes, I, yeah, I already brought okay. her up. Okay, well, never mind. Who did? You want to talk about her again? I'm no, okay I'm with not. that. Well, I think we're good. <laughs> All right, good deal, good deal. Let's, uh, as always, uh, you can keep up with the latest high school sports action on JoplinGlobe.com in each day's paper or, of course, on our website. Also, if you follow these guys on Twitter, you'll get updates in-game as they go on. Uh, they, you can find all of those in our weekly live updates uh, that we post for football games uh, on JoplinGlobe.com. You can get their Twitter handles there. Um, the With this Saturday coming up, uh, Southern will be facing off against Central Missouri at home today. They are coming off a win against uh, Lincoln. How did last week's win look, and how did the Mules look coming into town? Very, very dominant um, last week against Lincoln, and I think we were somewhat expecting that. Lincoln has had a hard time in MIAA play this year, yet so is Southern, but um, they've been trending upwards, obviously, ever since the first week of the season. Um, you know, it was just two weeks ago that they played a very good Pitt State team to a, to a one-score game. They actually had a lead in the fourth quarter, um, so um, ended up falling in that one, but they got back on track uh, for their second win of the season um, against the Blue Tigers. Um, in Jefferson City, they scored the first three scores of the game, took a 17-0 lead, never really looked back. It was a big day for Dawson Hurl and Bride Boyd uh, Jr., um, um, over 200 yards receiving, I think two touchdowns. So a uh, very good day for that offense. Strong start for that defense, kind of let up a little bit as the game wore on, but you know, it, it was kind of... Uh, 
the outcome outcome was was pretty clear by the end of the first half anyway. So, nice. um, yeah, the uh, Central Missouri team that's uh, has the same record. We're not used to seeing them with a two and four record through the first half or so of the season. Um, so it'll be a tough game. I think Central's played some of the tougher comp- competition in the MIAA so far. So it should be a good one. One person or one player I'm excited to see is uh, Arkell Smith, uh, a Carthage product. He'll, he'll be making his homecoming or, I guess, homecoming area. He's from yeah. Carthage, but he'll yeah, be in Joplin. Enough. It's yeah. close enough. I'm sure he'll have a lot of fans and followers there. So um, interested to see what he's going to do because he's been one of the top targets for the Mules uh, probably since the second week of the season. Excellent. Good deal. Derek, I want to go to you. I know that the Cardinals season ended mm-hmm. last week, but today there was some breaking news about uh, them firing Mike Schlitt. Schilt. Schilt? Mike Schilt. Schilt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, man, I did not have the reading glasses on for that. My apologies. <laughs> they fired that dude. Tell me about that dude they fired, and uh, how are they going to replace him? What what news is going on with, uh, with Cardinal fans? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, absolutely shocked today from the news. I mean, when, uh, you know, Mike Schilt took over for Mike Matheny a few years back, you know, it was a team that, you know, hadn't played, made the playoffs for three years. And, you know, it was a team that struggled defensively and, you know, even on the, you know, even with their base running, but, you know, throughout the course of his tenure, he kind of, you know, transformed that team into one of the best, you know, defensive teams and base running, you know, base running teams in the MLB. And, you know, they, they made three straight playoff appearances. So, I mean, when I saw the release today, I thought they were going to give him a, an extension. I, I, I was that shocked. But, uh, I mean, you, you truly never know what happens behind closed doors. Uh, uh, Cardinals president of baseball ops, uh, you know, John Mazela, called the firing uh, a philosophical difference, uh, whatever you want to take from that statement. Uh, but, uh, you know, Schilt only had, you know, one year left on his contract. So the timing made sense from, from their standpoint. Uh, Maybe the maybe the front office you know isn't looking to settle at just making the playoffs anymore. Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm still I'm still shocked at the news. Uh, you know the Cardinals have only made three managerial changes since 1996. So, I mean it's hmm. fewer and far between that they've made these type of moves. But realistically, as for a replacement, I think the Cardinals will fill it in house. Uh, you know two guys that come to mind are either their first base coach Tubby Clapp uh, or uh, bench coach Oliver Marmol. Uh, I don't see the Cardinals hiring Yadier Molina as a, as a player manager, <laughs> as, as cool as that would be. But uh, Has that already yeah. been rumored? Yes. Yeah, it was the, the first first rumor as soon as the report surfaced. Wow. <laughs> this report surfaced, like, when? Four hours ago, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Three hours? Who else do fans want to see? Uh, I think, uh, you know, a fan favorite that... Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols would be cool. <laughs> but, you know... Uh, the guy that provided protection for him, you know, at number four, you know, when you know when Albert was in town, was you know, Matt Holiday. I mean, he's a he was an All Star with the Cardinals, won a World Series with Pujols, and he's currently the uh, uh, an assistant baseball coach at Oklahoma State. So, I mean, he's an interesting option, but I think they'll go in house with the you know with their next manager. Hmm. I probably will not sit well with fans yeah. uh, after. I mean. Uh, the manager probably endeared himself uh, to fans after making that late season run. So, all right, with the news of the Cardinals out of the way, let's focus on the area's other favorite red team. The Chiefs did not have a good outing um, last uh, last week. Who are they taking on this week? How do you guys feel about the game coming up? Um, oh my gosh, I just drew a blank. Are they taking on Washington? Yeah, the Washington football team. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> There's so many sports to keep track of. You do this whenever you're put on the spot like that. But um, I, I know a lot of Chiefs fans are 
probably pressing the panic button. I'm not sure if it's time to do so yet. We're through the first five weeks of the season, and just look at those first five games. I mean, that's a brutal stretch, taking on the Browns, uh, the Chargers, the Ravens, um, and the Bills. Um, we can ignore the uh, – what was that week four loss that they had? Or Baltimore? I can't remember. But, no, that was the yeah. – uh, yeah, the Ravens was we'll, – We'll uh, take that uh, part out. But like I said um, – <laughs> That was a <laughs> that was a t- that was a very rough uh, five week stretch, obviously, and I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet. The only thing I'm concerned about is that defense because Patrick Mahomes and that offense, as poor as they've looked the last couple weeks, they're not going to look like that every week. But they also can't score every uh, drive of the game at the same time. So uh, Chiefs, the Chiefs defensively have to get off the field. I feel like that's the biggest thing right now, <laughs> and uh, it's been hindering them uh, the last couple weeks, especially. Yeah. I uh, as a as a guy focused on Louisiana sports, I hated seeing Teron Matthew having all those moments of what the heck is going on captured on camera uh, yeah. as plays unfolded. That was that was painful. I felt his pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good deal. The uh, I talked so much about the Saints last week that I'm going to uh, skip it this week. I will keep it to a few seconds. I was happy they got a win over WFT. But and uh, Jameis is looking good, but he's looking like he is going to be good Jameis a lot more often than bad Jameis. So I'm glad to see that narrative kind of fading by the wayside. So uh, defense is finally. It's a very roller coaster back. relationship with Jameis. It seems like for the fan base. I know that you're pretty. You've been pretty firm on them, but do they go up and down? You think on Jameis? No, they kind of know what they're getting. I mean, Saints fans have been watching him play for years with the Bucks. And kind of knew what they were getting whenever he came to New Orleans and knew that Coach Payton would have an impact on him. We're happy to see that the decision-making appears to be there. The times that he throws interceptions, every time there's been physical contact involved. Mm-hmm. The one interception that happened against Washington came when his own lineman stepped on his foot. So you might chalk that up to a bad decision, but it, no. If you're going to get stepped on the foot, then yeah, that's probably going to affect the throw. And he certainly made it for it later with four touchdowns. So, um, yeah, I, the, the, the Saints have a bye this week. Then they travel to Seattle. So, And then they host Tampa Bay in the first of two divisional my, rival matchups. Last year, the Saints beat the Bucks twice, including a beatdown at Tampa that uh, that really embarrassed uh, Brady and the Bucks. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. So I don't know about you, but it feels like there's just so much parity in the league compared to recent years, uh, especially in the AFC. The AFC seems wide open. Um, do you have a favorite for either league, either either side right now? Uh, you can't say the, the Saints. Uh, well, of course I'm going to say the Saints <laughs> because I am a fanboy through and through. Yeah. And, but uh, but yeah, I hate that the Rams look good. They do, um, yeah. yeah. The uh, and I don't want them to look good because you know they they're the Rams and you know if you know Saints history, Arizona anyway as well. Arizona Kyler looks Murray. interesting. Yeah, the um, man. Uh, yeah, as far as the AFC, I yeah the Bills clearly look like uh, the class of that side of the of the conference now. Um, the the Chiefs, if they can figure out their defense, I'm sure they can get back right into it. Uh, the Chargers look good though. Um, so that should give Come some off a big win concerns. over the Browns. It was a little bit of a controversial end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Chargers are surprised, I think. Yeah. So that, all right. But yeah, with that, if you guys are not going to let me talk about Dungeons and Dragons at all, then I guess uh, we can wrap this up uh, for the week. I appreciate your time. And listeners, I appreciate your time. Thanks for spending it with us. 
Um, I am Joe Hadsel. Jared Porter. I'm Derek Shore. And we'll see you next week on the Joplin Globe Potters. Come back, Trey. 